welcome to Exotic Liability. <laughs> Show number two. <laughs> All right, so we've been having a lot of fun with this whole podcast thing. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, this is Chris Nickerson. I'm here with Ryan Jones. Hey, this is Ryan. And DJ Jackalope. Hey, this is Jackalope. So we've been on the air waxing lowbrow intellectual about all types of security topics, making fun of people who are talking about things that are 40-year-old of technology who think that they're on the verge. <coughs> Semantic McAfee. Um and we've been really going through and trying to get people to understand what's going on in the security world and bring you guys fresh content. So we've been digging through our phone books and email lists and looking at everything that everyone's posted to ask us to talk about. And we're trying to service some of those today. Um, so one of the first things that we were talking about uh, as, as we were off air here is, is the, the con fucker worm uh, and some of the different things that they've been doing. Uh, for that, we've decided to bring in an expert on malware, a good friend of ours, uh, Val Smith. Uh, so give us a second. We're going to get Val on the phone. Skype man, connect us. <laughs> this is some Star Skype, Trek Skype shit. does have the best sounds. I always love this, especially the startup sound. A little like, oh, yeah. makes you think of like a, a bubble in the water, kind of rising <laughs> Just the top. no Just ringing. Pops. Val? And Skype is broke. What happens when somebody man in the middle is your Skype connection? <laughs> you hear lots of clicks. Just like on the old wire tabs. You, know, you pick up phone, <laughs> click, 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 click. Hello? Yes. Wow, that's it's really Val. loud, Val. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? What's up, dude? How much? Uh, sorry for crazy timing we've just been working on technicalities and bullshitting and drinking and other things so we, it, t- it took us a second oh no problem i was i just came out today doing work on the oh right on what's going on dude what's new um not much just uh getting ready for gonna give a talk at sands in may maybe and uh, you gonna go scare auditors yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> right on. Um, if, so, if anybody can do it, it's Val. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's what I get excited about. I love it when when any of us go and uh, and and go talk to the audit communities because it it usually provides for you know a lot of toilet paper to be used afterwards. Uh, right. Because <laughs> so, and they're all trying to find the checkbox that they should have had. To like, <laughs> okay, that doesn't apply to that like, one. Allow Val Fuck. Smith in the room. Fuck, there's not a checkbox for that. <laughs> So, um, do you want to give kind of a, a bio of, of, I guess, how you, you got into this, what you do, and, and also um, you can you can tell people how you know us, which is probably just founded on drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. Right um, on. Sure, I can give a short bio. Cool. Um, let's see. I've been around for like 15 years in the hacking community. Um been involved with Culture Dead Cow first, then um, started hanging out with the 303 guys, and eventually started some of my own stuff, offensive computing for malware research, and now a company called Attack Research, and just, you know, giving talks at DEF CON and Black Hat and breaking into stuff. Rock and roll. Uh, so, you know, <clears throat> you're definitely one of the people that I've always looked to uh, to follow and, and kind of listen to any of the new stuff that you're coming out with. 
on on damn near everything that you touch, uh, but always uh, kind of my major level of, of interest and in, in the work that we've done together uh, is around some of the stuff in malware and compromise and being able to kind of get people out of the box of thinking and be able to use your methods of, of how you attack networks as well as how networks get attacked uh, kind of in functional situations. So I wanted to just give a call and, and let you yap to the kind of the user community to let them know sort of what's going on in those markets and, and kind of what they need to be ready for uh, to, to give them a view a little bit into the future and also kind of what's really happening today. I know uh, you got posted as a hacker on the uh, Japanese forums of, uh, of how you were a hacker who was researching the worm and got horribly misquoted. So uh, I wanted to talk a little about that and then just anything new that you're thinking about and kind of what's going on. Yeah, I think they actually called me a, a reformed cyber criminal was, was their title. <laughs> that, uh, that, that was the translation nice. from the Japanese? Yeah, it, it was a Singapore newspaper, actually. I don't know what's going on there, but um, I don't know if reformed cyber criminal is the right way to describe myself. So did you, like, actually do an interview with them, or was this just hearsay or what? Yeah, um, I had done an interview with a lady from Singapore, and I guess – she it, it was a fairly long um, actually chat so it was all text interview and uh, I guess she showed it to her editor who decided to write a really short brief article for himself <coughs> um, first before her article comes out right and uh, I guess I, I don't know if he's not technical or doesn't speak English very well exactly what the situation is but um, yeah he, he misquoted me and, and mislabeled me as well. I yeah. think her article will be better, hopefully. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm looking forward to that, and if not, uh, I'll be the first on the bandwagon to talk shit about them and, and tell them they have no idea what they're doing. Uh, so so what about some of the stuff that you've been researching lately with malware? I know you just gave the, the speech in Boston uh, about some of the different types of attacks. What's, what's new there? Yeah, what's really interesting is um, back in the old days, and even now pen testers still follow this, you know, the paradigm was, okay, well, let's get an exploit, we'll scan a network, we'll run a buffer overflow against some open port, we'll get a shell, and then we'll do stuff. Nope. And that's really changed quite a bit. Now with uh, mostly firewalls uh, have, have made that a lot more difficult, um, automated patch cycles. And so uh, myself and a couple of other people like HD Moore have been focusing on, okay, well, how do you break into systems where you don't need something that could be patched. Right. And how do you deal with the fact that there's firewalls? And so it really seems like the way everything's going, and definitely what the bad guys are doing, is all client-side. How can I convince a user inside of a protected network to take some action that gives me access? Yeah. And that's really what I've been looking at. And a lot of it's web-based or email-based, where they get you through your web browser or your email client. Um, Cool. Yeah, and and you know, with with that, uh, I think one of the things that that rings up in mind is some of the work that that you were doing with us uh, on the on the Laris side to to go through and look at some of the content management hacks that were going on uh, at a client, and that uh, that was a pretty interesting gig at how they got to everyone uh, by using the attacks of the host server. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah, sure. So what it looks like is going on um, the the Chinese and the Russians and other people. Have figured out a lot of times that the person that they want to go after, or the organization they want to go after, often they can't get to very directly because of firewalls or whatever. And so, what they seem to be doing a lot of now is um, going after things that they know their ultimate target trusts. For example, vendors, mm -hmm. uh, 
businesses that sell equipment to specific people, um, if they can hack the vendor's website and get into like their procurement system and their other web apps that the customers use, that gives them a trusted foothold on the customer's networks as well often. And, and that's what happened in this particular case is they went after a vendor and, and the, the vendor's customers started getting hit via the vendor, vendor's cage. Yeah. So, so do you do you see a lot of those when you're doing the incident response? More is is the people kind of using that as a quote unquote kind of client side attack? Is is finding what business relationships that they have and then attacking the relationship to to end back into the customer that they're trying to hack? Um, it's actually fairly fairly new as far as what I've been seeing. Um, HD and I talked about it I think in 2007, and this was really the first time I had seen it um, out in the wild, so to speak. I'd seen a lot of phishing and like targeted emails, and that kind of thing, but I, I never really we theorized about and used it in our own test. How do you go after trust? You know, who people trust. But this was really the first time I've seen actual bad guys doing it. So I think it's going to grow. Right on. Yeah, I, I I would definitely agree, especially from the the stuff that we've been seeing and the the different types of compromises. So, what what do you think is is going on? How, how does that play in relevance with you know the market? Where where are they making money from doing stuff like that, or is it just people having fun? Yeah. So um, a few years back, we were invited to a a sort of a private. I don't even know what you call it. It's not really a conference. There was about twenty people there at a place called the Santa Fe Institute. And they included like the CSO of uh, Ameritrade and a guy from Google and the head of malware from Microsoft, the malware department, and a few other people. Mm -hmm. And we sort of sat down and talked about the malware economy and how it works and what's going on. And we determined that it's this big sort of circular thing. And it starts with um, the developer of a tool, whether it's one of these web hacking frameworks like MPAC or Rootkit or, or OnPick or any of these things, somebody writes it. And then they sell it to somebody to use. The guys that use it typically aren't super technical, um, but they at least know how to how to use these tools and get a bunch of host compromised. The guy that sells it usually doesn't sell it for much. I mean, I've seen these type of tools go anywhere from fifty bucks to a thousand bucks. Usually, not a lot of money. <laughs> then the guys that use it go out and steal credit cards or World of Warcraft game accounts or you know whatever kind of stuff they can steal from people. Um, then they sell that information to another third party, often you know organized crime related people, who then use it to you know you see these get rich at home using the internet things. Mm -hmm. well, what those typically are is um, they call them mules. And the idea behind it is these guys when they steal credit card money, they, they start transferring around a bunch of banks. And so when they tell you you can get rich at home, really what you are is one of these banks that they can move money in and out of, and you keep a percentage. Right. And often the mules don't even know what's going on, so it's not necessarily illegal from their standpoint. Um, they're just moving money around. It's funny. It's kind of like when we used to be on BBSs and being mules and putting wares and stuff on other people's sites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the same basic concept. Yeah. And then after that happens, um, often they'll purchase a bunch of equipment like big screen TVs or whatever, throw it up on eBay and sell it, and then transfer the money back around. Mm -hmm. That's sort of start laundering all this stuff. So if you see like a big screen TV for 500 bucks on eBay, chances are it's part of this whole scheme. Huh, right on. Yeah, that, did you see the, the article, there's like a PCI compliance blog, but they actually did this, what was neat article, because normally I read those and I just want to puke and kill myself, but uh, the, there's one that they did on PCI compliance and terrorism, 
and how the you know data breaches lead to some of the carding and some of the muling and how they they wash some of the money and bring it back into terrorist networks. I, I miss that article. That's really interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll post it up on the on the site and send it to you. But it was cool that they tracked down a whole bunch of stuff off of the UK Terrorism Act, and they actually had some autobiographies of some of the people in like Shadow Crew and some of them, and how they were back end funding terrorist networks so that they could get more tools, more money. So they were using actually professional tools to try and hack into things to make armies of hackers larger, so that they can go back and get more cards. It was, it was actually pretty interesting. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll link it out. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Real quick on the on the malware thing I was just talking about, the best part of that whole talk that we were having, though, mm-hmm. was when we tried to figure out who was making the most money, and we decided it was the banks because they actually get a <laughs> fee for every step in the process, right? Right. And they don't lose any money because when you steal credit cards or debit or whatever, they push those costs onto the vendors or the right. merchant. Yeah. And what's worse is the, the CSO of Cisco was like, how do we get on this? And he said, wait a minute, we are in on this. And it turns <laughs> out security companies make the second most amount of money because they sell all these big products to protect against all this stuff. Right. So really, it's a it's an economy supporting the banks and the security vendors. <laughs> so, so by indirect association, the terrorists are, are uh, influencing the U.S. economy in a good way? <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. supporting our jobs. That's good. Yeah. They're stimulating the economy for change. This podcast brought to you by Al-Qaeda <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. Hezbollah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what? So, so I, I've seen you give all sorts of talks, and, and we've talked in a number of occasions. What, what's new on, on your radar? What's, what's the coolest stuff that you're playing with now? So what I'm working on now and, and what we're hoping to release at uh, Black Hat and DEF CON is – you know, the bad guys are building these web frameworks or phishing frameworks. And so we've been working on our own. That's, you know, one of the things I notice about what's out there in the wild is usually it's pretty unreliable, unpredictable, has backdoors. You don't really know what's going on. But pen testers need to use these techniques because that's what works now. And so we're going to basically release a set of tools that let you do targeted phishing using documents like PDFs or using websites uh, that you can put into your, this reliable and trustable that you can put in your pen test. Nice. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to call it MetaFish. So is this going to be tied into the Metasploit tool, or is it going to be just a separate piece that you and HD are working on? Or? Um, it's actually going to be tied into the Metasploit tool. Um, I don't know uh, if HD will end up putting it into the source tree, but we'll release it as a plug-in or a module that you could add to your own Metasploit installation on our attack research site. At, at a minimum, um, cool. if it's a good enough job, HD will, will put it in. I'm sure. Mm. Nice, yeah. Uh, Chris Gates and I, and and Ryan and DJ were were just both going through here and talking some about you know kind of moving that into the pen testing tree and trying to get more companies to understand that it's it's something that you have to do if you're going to do a good test, you have to be able to do that type of stuff in order to really give them an idea of this you know fake perimeter that they pretend protects them. You know, to, to show them really, you know, how, how do I use ladders to climb the Great Wall and how do I have a catapult to throw shit over that's way easier that I can usually compromise a hell of a lot more. Right. Yeah, Ed Scotus and I were talking about we have a problem in pen testing, which is companies have a vested interest in getting a crappy pen test. Yep. Because yep. they want to pass it with a minimal amount of um, 
of fixes that they have to do. And so we as pen testers have to figure out a way, and I think you guys with some of the stuff you're doing, the idea of these full scope assessments where you really help them figure out what their assets are that are being targeted and how real world bad guys are gonna go after them. Um, you know, pen tests up till now have really been sort of compliance driven checkbox sort of things. And they really need to be about what you really care about in your business and what people are going to go after. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I think that there, you know, it's it, it's it's the sales technique that I use with people. Is it's like you know, if if, if you want to have a sparring partner, you can't bind my hands behind my back and tell me to only try and punch you in the face. I mean, like that's that's ridiculous, right? If if you want to really learn how to fight and you want to get ready for it, you have to be able to have me use all of the skills that I have and have you go go through and be able to do all the testing and and really try as hard as we can to get into you. Uh, to, to really get any idea of if it's valid or not. Otherwise, it's, you know, hey, try and break into my house, but, you know, you got to use the front door, and we know that that's locked and all the windows are open, but you can't touch those. Uh, then it becomes uh, another It Takes a Thief episode where they kick in a window and pretend Aww. like they're hackers. Well, and, and, you know, Val, I'm sure you've seen it too. How many companies have you run into that actually don't know where their valuable data is stored or what it is? Oh, tons. Often they'll have some directory called private on their web server that has all their stuff and they think since it's not linked nobody knows it's there it's on the inside nobody knows well I, you know but if, if you were talking about our our, our our full scope assessments one of our first questions is okay well you know what what data is most important to your company like what can you not have down for for you know five minutes and I don't know how many times they get email yeah email. So, so email is how you make money like if email goes down you can't make money anymore and then they kind of stop, and they're like, oh, well, uh, well, there's this little server over here that's stashed underneath this guy's desk that has all our credit card numbers on it. That, that's kind of important. <laughs> yeah. Or like the, the people that run software companies, and they have their repository of code accessible to the Internet. It's like, do you, do you really need that there? Like, is, I'm going to just put all my eggs on the outside, and let's just see what happens with this. We'll, we'll control it with a password. It'll, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, attackers are getting a lot more... Um, I don't know what the word is, you know, since it's financially motivated and you can make a lot of money doing this kind of stuff, you know, I've been seeing some guys who will spend up to 500 hours trying to break into a business to get their, whatever their most critical data is. Right. And that, you know, in pen tests, we get a week, two weeks and yep. real determined attackers are going to spend whatever it takes to get in. Well, yeah, and a pen, and unfortunately, you know, when we get like a five day pen test, we don't have the ability to go and do things like apply for a job. Right. Yeah, that's that tends to get you in the front door right there. Yeah. No, really, I'm a really good janitor. Watch me clean. <laughs> <laughs> I th I think it's funny because uh, we've been collecting the horde of shirts, uh, so I probably now have about seventy polos uh, of of, and they're all geographically located in boxes. So I have like you know polos for the Midwest, polos for the Northeast, polos for the Southeast, for the West, and you know for Colorado and things like that. So we can make sure that we're relevant to the area so that when I have a you know meter reader shirt on, it says that I'm from Texas when I'm like actually in Texas. Uh, but but it's hysterical. Most people just let that stuff go by. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't know why because I'm just paranoid in general. Um, but, you know, the, the average person who's out there just kind of lets it just pass by, just like the emails and some of the client-side stuff that you're talking about. I mean, it, it just it gets right to them. They, they don't even think about it. It's because people are not trained to care. <laughs> no, pretty yeah. much. I agree. Well, well cool. You know, 
training, I don't know, you know, a lot of these attacks that I see, they they will do like they'll go find your company newsletter and use that and send it from someone you expect it to come from, and you know everything will look right and everything will look like it's supposed to, and even if you know you're not supposed to do certain things, you know, if your CEO sends you an attachment, you're going to open it. Right. Yep. Or or HR sends you a, a link to a survey regarding your your benefits. You're you're yeah. going to click it and you're going to log in not even thinking to look at like say the URL or anything like that. Exactly. Cool. Well, dude, I really appreciate you spending some time to wrap with us and we'd love to have you on more and more as as you get new stuff that we can put out to the community and and I thank you and I know everybody else does for all the work that you do. Um you, you guys kick ass and and anyone who wants to learn anything go see Val talk if you want to start reading stuff that's really interesting get on the attack research site um, everybody there is is somebody who's at the the top end of the industry these these aren't people who are you know the the IBM click scan guys uh, these are the people who everybody reads their books and learns how to do the new bleeding edge stuff so I, I really really appreciate it man and I appreciate the time that you spend with us hey thanks much I love yeah. to come back all right, man. Thank you so much. Talk, talk to you later, Val. Take it easy, guys. See you, brother. Yeah, it's funny. He, he kept, Over the last two casts now, we've talked about social engineering and client-side attacks and how most companies won't let us do it. Oh, yeah. And then you and I have run into multiple companies that are like, well, since you're going to throw it in for free, I mean, you know, sure, go ahead. They don't really yeah. get why we're doing it. Oh, yeah. Because we just kind of throw it in there, and then all of a sudden they're like, when they see the results, they're like, oh, wow, you got the CFO's Login and password. How'd you do that? Well, remember that email we sent? Yeah, saying, no. You sent an email? Yeah. From <laughs> HR at, you know, your domain, <laughs> except the zero or the O was replaced with a zero or the L was replaced with a one uh, dot com. And they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, our, 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 mail, our mail filter just let that right through. Um, yeah, well, she, she clicked the link and logged in or he clicked the link and logged in. And that website was ours. <laughs> it, it logged login and password. Yeah, and yeah, then we exactly. logged. Then we used your OWA server to, with that login and password, and started reading through her email and and, and grabbing links and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they they don't realize how much stuff just is just is stored in their OWA server. Oh yeah, dude. I I still think that my favorite screenshot I've ever put in a report mm. was I installed a keylogger with Core after we had done the client side through yeah. it, and I have a screenshot of the the individual on the workstation running their virus scan because the keylogger got flagged by the virus scanner so i was with root on their machine remotely controlling it watching them run the ski this this scanner to try and find you know the bad guy or the nasty thing that's in their system and i just you know i kept like moving their mouse off of the send button or off of the create button or, or off of scan or i'd stop the scan in the middle of it or like you know down one of the services and it was just hysterical to watch them have this like little fight with their computer and know full well that they had no idea that someone was controlling the machine. They just thought it was like inherent that Windows yeah, was screwing something's up. Something's wrong. They're like, oh, every time I do this virus scan, it stops. Windows sucks, you know. And then, like, they go on with their day. They like they don't even report it to anyone. It's it it's something that's like the last thing in their mind. Yeah. No, uh, uh, it's it's so funny, and I I think that some of those things just just lead into all of the different types of testing that are out there and how. The, the security community is evolving, and I think that the, the people who are at the top of the security community who are pushing the things forward are really trying to beat into the heads of, of customers that, you know, look, you need to be able to let us do what we know how to do mm -hmm. because that's what the attackers are coming with. They're not coming with this 
freaking they're not trying to exploit old school patch problems they're, yeah they're, I mean no one's gonna use the system 5 you. login anymore I mean right. it's, that's over like be done with it stop trying to test it you know hey Ryan can you try and hack me yeah sure here's one address only touch this that's that's just but crazy you've got 6,000 IPs on the internet I know I just want you to test this one so I can get my checkbox right right or or you know like oh my checkbox means I'm secured no it means that you check the box I mean PCI environments are like 5 or 10% of the entire company's hardware so that means right. if you do 100 percent of PCI, you've only protected 10% of your entire environment. Like, that's not security. The people need to seriously wake up and take a look at the quality of testers that are out there and be able to let them do what they know how to do. I mean, if, if you're going to tell, if I'm going to tell you, Ryan, like, hey, come break into my building, but say that you can't do lock picking, then why the hell am I picking you? I mean, like, seriously, <laughs> like, why don't I just go get somebody else? Well, that, and then you just use the Starbucks card to <sighs> shim the door. <laughs> and a coat or a coat hanger, hanger uh. <laughs> to, to trigger the uh, motion detector on the inside of the door. Yeah, I don't know if any of you guys out there have, uh, when, you, when you walk into your office and take a look, there's probably like the little candy bar with a light on it that's above the door, and you'll hear it click as you walk by it. So the real easy way to get into your office if you forgot your HID card is a coat hanger. Just shove it through the door, wheel around a little bit, pop, door pops right open. And it works really well, you know, in clients that we've had like, you know, banks, airports, uh, things like that. So, uh, and if you can't find a coat hanger, um, those blow up dolls, oh, dear. you can slide them under the door and then blow and them then up. Just blow them up and move them around. <laughs> that'll that'll trigger those too. Yeah, don't try and expense that one. By the way, no. Uh, when you expense a blow up doll on your corporate account, for some reason, I don't know what kind of technology they have, <laughs> but man. it flags, and then people are like, "Why'd you buy a blow up doll?" And and you try and justify it and. It just doesn't go as well as like it does before you buy the thing. Yeah, when when management doesn't really understand what you do anyway, <laughs> and then you tell them, "No, it's a tool." I swear, yeah. tool a la, for what? <laughs> a la the exotic liability. <laughs> That's what we are. So does that mean you need to have blow up dolls? No. Yes. Yes. And ninja smoke. <laughs> Always have ninja smoke. <laughs> yes. There are several websites out there if you Google ninja smoke and like recipe. So there's some really good recipes out there for, for like, kick-ass smoke. Like, you can't see anything. Yeah. and it's it's pretty cool. I mean, think about that when you're doing a pen test of, of like, a physical facility and there's a bunch of cameras. Easy smoke. avoidance mechanism, use Ninja Smoke. <laughs> do you think do you think the security guards, they're going to be like, dude, there's smoke outside. There's a fire. And then they're going to call everybody to try and investigate the fire. And you can just, like, walk in while they're running outside to find the fire and, like, wave and be like, I saw a fire right over there. It's crazy. Go Get everyone right now and put everyone in the same area. There's smoke and ninjas. And they're like, <laughs> what? And then just they'll walk by you because they won't be paying attention. Uh, so, yeah, ninja smoke, client-side attacks, <laughs> awesome malware. Code hangers, blow-up dolls. Code hangers, blow-up dolls. Gem membership and Starbucks cards. Dude, this is like a 12 days of Christmas. It kind of is. <laughs> On the first day of Christmas, my mom got me ninja smoke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna make some ninja smoke again. Oh, that was that was good stuff. That's dead. Yeah. All right. So back to the security world beyond <laughs> ninja smoke and gym cards. Uh, you know, again, look at lock picking sites. You can find all sorts of cool technology all day long, but most of the time, what the root of all this conversation is is anyone who's trying to get in is gonna take the easy way. Right. Period. 
So if you spend $10 million protecting your network from the internet because all the bad people are there. <laughs> Lock the door. That's great. But I just walked into your facility and took the whole server. So I still have the data and you're screwed because now you got to buy another server. <laughs> and I have all day to try to open it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> or, or like, you know, hey, I couldn't hack it. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to let it sit in my basement for six months until I can auto hack it with some of the stuff that Chris and Valor are building in the Metasploit. And I'm going to turn the thing on on my network and just click a button. And, and have then, your data. And then once I have the data, I'll sell the whole thing on eBay. Oh, God. You know, I was in, uh, Karen and I, we were in uh, Virgin Records, mm-hmm. and they were selling a Core 2 Duo, little Dell box. Oh, the one that's closing? Right, yeah, the, the one, one that's, that's closing. Down. So if everybody doesn't know, like, Virgin Records closing down because I guess Branson needs more flights to space and doesn't want to have stores anymore. Uh, who knows? You can't compete with iTunes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we were in there, and, you know, we're walking around, and we're looking at all this cool stuff that you could buy. And, you know, I, I can I can see Karen's mind, like, going off as we're looking at stuff. And she's like, ooh, we could buy this. And, and she's – which is great, right? You know you're with somebody in security. If every time you see a VCR, you see them shove their finger inside to see what the tape is. Which uh, were all security tapes, by the way, because <laughs> they were right next to the security monitors with the full security system. And they were selling the whole security system. It was perfect. Like, what better time for you to just go in and be like, oh, yeah, you're going out of business? Here, let me give you a helping hand. Now that I have all of your security tapes and I have your card readers and now that we have this little Dell box that we decided we were going to investigate, which we found was some type of DVD player uh, and, and the, like, 10% tax avoided us from getting it. Um if it's there, we'll probably have to go back down and get it, dude. I mean, seriously, Karen, like we we should probably just suck up the cost, make it a business expense, and we'll have a podcast about like all the stuff that we found on the uh, sounds, Virgin it, Records box. It sounds like a research and development project to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll make R&D a website. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call in some of our buddies like Dave. I, I bet Dave would be interested in doing some forensics on that box with us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if any of you haven't uh, read you know, or, or seen hacking anything exposed. at G Partners, Red Hacking Exposed Forensics, uh, we'll, we'll try and get Dave Cowan on. Uh, to talk a little bit about that, I'll, maybe ship him uh, I'll the actually, advice. I'll actually see him next weekend uh, oh, in yeah. San Antonio for the red team stuff. That's right. Tell people about that. What's, yeah, what's so, the deal with that? So, unfortunately, I won't be able to attend Nauticon because I'll be uh, in San Antonio for the um, performing some red team stuff for the National Collegiate Cyber Defense Competition. CCDC? Yeah. it's uh, It's been going on for a couple of years, getting bigger. Basically, the, the idea was uh, some guys, some friends of ours that work for San Antonio University or University of Texas, San Antonio. Um, they've been getting grants from Homeland Security and, and whatnot to to, spot, to create this whole um, kind of like uh, I don't know like like inter, inter, intramurals yeah. sporting event. It's kind of like a sporting with, event for with, hacking with, with with hacking. So basically, the idea is that you give these kids these teams of kids. And I think there's five or six every year on the yep. national level, um, and they go through like state and regional and all this all these different levels. They get to the national level. They're all given the exact same network. Um, then unfortunately for them, the red team gets about an hour head start. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they all have the same exploits on them. And their job is to keep certain services running. That gets them points. Um, and then they also get what are called business injects. So they'll get an email from the CEO saying, I don't like the mail server. Change it. I don't care what you use, but you better um, install it. I don't want mail to go down through the whole process. Write a white paper on why you chose what you chose. Yep. And, uh, and, and, you know, you have an hour to do it. Yeah, it's re- it's really good business relevant experience because most of these kids that are in the schools can get all the theory they want, 
Uh, but the day that you are sit with this network and you come in and the executives are telling you to do all this stuff, and at the same time you have a team of all of us sitting behind a closed door laughing hysterically as we're rooting and shutting down your boxes and you know, DDing and copying drives so we can extract everything forensically and then shutting the thing off and putting root kits on it, it's, it's, it's a hell of a bad time for you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's set up really cool, though. Like they, get, they get points for the services being up, and I think it's like POP, IMAP, uh, WEB. A um, couple other services they have to keep running the whole right. time, and if they're not up, they're not. If they're not up, they start losing points. If they're up, they're gaining points. Every time they get hacked, every time we report a root hack, they lose. I think like two hundred points. <laughs> um, every time their customer data, their quote unquote customer data, gets like uh, popped or compromised, they lose more points. If it gets put on their web page, they lose like a shit ton of points. Like we destroyed the entire team's point buildup with one hack last year. <laughs> Was that that PHP shell that yeah that Evan, Evan, had? Evan found it? Yeah, yeah he awesome. gets a PHP shell. He's like, "Can I download? Can I can I kill this yet?" Because Dave and I are trying to grab everything. We're all <laughs> screaming and yelling, "Do this, do that!" And they're kicking us out of the box as we're trying to do it. Um, so finally, we pushed, we grabbed their, we grabbed all their their database records, threw them up on their own website, which they didn't catch for about three hours. <laughs> and then Evan deleted the entire server, so they had to. They lost points for the restore of the server because it cost <laughs> points to restore the server. They lost points because they're cut for their data being out on the internet. Uh, they lost points for the root hack. I mean, they, they they lost like half their points right there. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, and any anyone who's who's out there who's looking to really try their hand out, who who thinks that all of the collegiate knowledge and, and whatnot that they've had so far that they can actually put into practice, uh, this is a place to prove it. Uh, it's it is definitely not a low impact area. This is not just some test that you would get at the end of a cert. These are real people, and the people on the red team are. Pretty much a lot of the badasses of the security community, and if you want to really get into a fist fight with with somebody over a network and and show how this stuff happens live, uh, this is the only place that you can go do that and and really get down with it. Man, everybody out there has a you know is, is a member of the staff of a college or a university or even yeah. even some of the Devries and whatnot. They have teams too. Um, give you know look it up. I'll, I'll put a link on the site for uh, for the for the group that does the NCCDC. And uh, give him a call. And ask him, you know, is there is there a group in the region? Is there a group in the state? If there isn't, start involved? one. Yeah, and and if not, they'll they'll give you everything you need to start one up. So uh, yeah, it's cool, 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 fun. That's what I'll be doing next weekend, and so I'll make sure I talk to Dave about doing the podcast with us. But yeah, I think that'd be good. We I'll, can... I'll wait till after we've harassed kids for three days straight. <laughs> Once again, our website is uh, exoticliability.com. Right. www.exoticliability.com. Um, we're also on Twitter under Exotic Liability, right? Yep. And we're trying to get on Facebook and MySpace, but apparently there's some sort of filters that they think that we're like exotic dancers or sex toys or, or something like that. Erotic liability. Luke. I'm not Luke. too sure. <laughs> oh, no. Only some of our friends have been exotic dancers for men. For men. But that's cool. We'll have them on the show. All right. Um, we'll even, we'll, even uh, we'll set up something for you guys to donate E-dollars through the e- website. E-dollars e- e- to the E-garter. <laughs> on the I Dance for Men dot org, he's gonna hate this. That's awesome. We can do I Dance for Men dot dot org. Absolutely. And we will put we will put up a special e dollar section, and we'll have a little animated graphic where he'll dance for you for one dollar. Uh, via via PayPal, you can do it via PayPal. Via PayPal, or you can do it with anyone's carded address. Again, thank you, Hezbollah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so so going a little bit uh, after this, you know, I, I know Ryan's going to be at CCDC. If you guys are out there, if anybody's out there and wants to go stop by, see what's going on in the contest, we definitely encourage it. We'll put up some links. Uh, again, at ExoticLiability.com, we're going to have – uh, some other conferences coming up where we're going to talk about uh, some of the extra conferences that we're, we're attending and or we have other friends attending. Uh, I know, Ryan, you had one that you wanted to talk about yeah, from the last we, year. Yeah, we were talking about Nauticon at the end of the last cast, yep. and there was a speech on there uh, about Apple security mm-hmm. that we didn't get to mention. I think it's Chris Kleiman, right? Is that the guy there? It's Chris Kleiner. Okay. He's doing the state of Apple security. Yeah, and it was funny because I was reading through his little. Climax. I was reading through his synopsis, and it was funny because it made me think of every person I know that has apples. And I personally, I love Macs. I think they're. I think the OS X is. But by, by the way, PJ's running our podcast on a Mac. Right, right. This is all being recorded on Mac. Two oh, Macs. Two Macs. Two sorry. Macs. Ooh. A small one and a big one. Yeah, we're um, Mac people. But I run into a lot of people PC. that that love Macs. They're like, oh, I don't have to worry about viruses. I don't have to worry about yeah, backdoor. Although. The world of, of PCs doesn't apply to me anymore. I don't have to run antivirus because I'm on a Mac. Even though I run Windows at a VM. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, that I didn't patch for two years. Um, yeah, I didn't, so it sounds like you know he he said something about in the synopsis about leaving your Mac at home because it'll you'll he'll hurt your feelings. <laughs> um, so I, I really wish I could go to Nauticon. Oh, if anybody records awesome. it, please let me know. So that's uh, just Nauticon.org if you're looking for information. It's Cleveland, Ohio, it's 16th through 19th. And then also coming up is RSA in San Francisco, which is April 20th to 24th. Yeah. Yeah, RSA. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to end up on a really good, uh, on a, being up on an entertaining government list, the uh, director of NSA is giving one of the keynotes, so go heckle. Yeah, and that's one of those ones where it's really a good idea to throw the Schmoocon speaker balls. Um, because they will have no idea what to do. Oh, those uh, are great! If you if if you really want to get a good you know store bought security opinion, I definitely attend the conference. Um, there's there's going to be a lot of people there. There's going to be a ton of executives talking about the things that we've been talking about for pretty much the last ten years ten years ago. Um, and there's going to be some talks that are actually going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, if you're a real crypto geek, obviously listen to the crypto panel and talking about some of that shootout will be really fun. Um, you can listen to Keith Alexander talk about his NSA taking over the White House and taking over all of your personal liberties and securities. Uh, <laughs> wow, I just said that. Guess what list I'm on. Oh. Um, you can talk about you know the, the Obama administration cyber policy review uh, by another person who's never had any real tactical or relevant experience in the security space and only done it theoretically. Um, there's probably a whole <laughs> bunch of other speeches that you can go through and, and, and listen to them talk about what they've read in books. Uh, but I would definitely go and and talk to them and try and actually see if you can stump them on the stand because RSA really needs to start stepping up their game and getting some talks that are relevant to just the security world and not just another management love fest. Um, you know, I, I I think it's great. I mean, people can say that we were you know shunned from the list because we put an SE panel up there because we were going to talk about real risks, the company. And and I think that it was a little too technical for them. Uh, I think that's just because we were talking about things that could hurt you opposed to like how to sell Theory. stuff that's cooler. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a big sales conference. So, you know, again, if you want to meet people, you want to get in on the sales side, you want to do some SEing to get lower prices on Semantic and McAfee, and you want to go out and get drunk on somebody's big corporate tab, it's a hell of a place to go. There's, um, there's usually good swag. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, really, the, my favorite reason for going there is the awesome swag. Um, now, as much crap as we can talk about that, there is going to be some actually really good speeches. I don't know if any of you guys have seen uh, 
you know, some of the shows like Mythbusters. Uh, but Jamie and Adam will both be on, yeah. and their speeches are wildly entertaining. I mean, uh, I've been thinking about going, and I got an expo pass just so I could go see them speak. Uh, because they're they're just awesome, and, and you yeah, know some of the stuff I that love doing, listening to them. Both nah, so cool, you know. Um, and there's 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 a couple other PhDs and some guys who are doing things outside of security, like uh, Dan Tapscott who wrote Wikinomics, and and there's some neat kind of off the beaten path, you know, non security talks that are really going to be impactful and good. So it's not all bad, but I definitely suggest anybody who's part of the security community to go and heckle and really see if we can get under their skin. And just so you know, like, just, you know, no one's, like, paid us to talk about this. It's just something that people don't know that security cons are happening. Like, you know, they hear about the one that's just randomly off the radar, like like Chicago Con, or there's one called Shaka Con in Hawaii that's coming up. And just want to get people to know that there's other cons to go to, that there's other places to ask your bosses to, like, you know, hey, send me here because, you know, I really want to go on a vacation. I mean, go to a con. And then, like, <laughs> check stuff out. I really want to go drink on somebody right. else's tab. I mean... I mean, I want to go check out these really cool speeches. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, and, and the thing is, is there's a lot of smaller conferences that are free. Yeah. Like like the OWASP conference that just happened a little bit ago in Denver. Yep. That It was a free conference, and it wasn't quite so preachy and salesy, and there was some really cool stuff going on. There really was. The, the OWASP team here in, in Denver did a hell of a good job uh, putting Snowfrock together, and, and that's something that we look forward to kind of participating in in the future. Um, so, so really, what we'll do is we have a couple lists uh, that we use for Google Calendars to take a look, and we'll keep looking at these conferences, keep trying to bring you content around who we would go see if we're going to be there, or if we're going to be there, you know, come slap us, tell us we're idiots, tell us we're wrong. Tell us uh, we pissed you off. Yeah, we pissed you off. I, I mean, mean, tell us we're great. Add us on another watch list, you know, be from the NSA and throw me in a freaking van. And we'll give you a T-shirt. And we'll <laughs> give you a free T-shirt. The the I'm a liability T-shirt that we want all of the NSA people wearing um, because they really are. Uh, next. <laughs> all right, guys. So if well, we make it to the third podcast after this one. Yeah. If we don't get the house bunker busted by now, uh, I think we're good for another week. Uh, but definitely check us out. Keep listening on the page. We want all of your comments. We want all of your opinions, good, bad, indifferent, or other. Uh, post them up on www.exoticliability.com. Uh, feel free to make blogs, rant, do everything you want. Uh, we'll talk about it on the show. It's something that we want to keep in open format. and We really want people to get the information they want. This is not just for us to go and bullshit on a show, even though it's really fun. Uh, but, you know, we, we need to be able to talk about topics that are burdening to you guys. So give us some messages, send us mail, uh, carrier pigeons, smoke signals, you know, Twitter, Twitter, email, messages email. in the forum, pick something. Yeah, I mean, break into my house, have a conversation in the living room, you know, whatever you need. Um, so that being said, we're signing off. I hope you catch the next podcast and anything that we can do for you. That's what we're here for. Thanks for listening. Later.